Welcome to House of Games. First, let my co-host introduce himself. Yo, 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 it's me, Rune Shimotsu Di Storm. I'm here today as well. And our guest. Hi, thanks for having me, first of all. My name's Hannes. I'm a civil engineering student at Umeå and an indie game developer in my spare time. I'm Otto, and together we're going to make an episode about your games, especially your newly released one. What's it called? The newly released one I released on Steam recently is called Haste Miner 2. What is it about? It's sort of an incremental game. Kind of similar to Clicker Games, but it has some more stuff, but just clicking. I developed it for the web originally, but then quite a lot of people wanted to see it on Steam as well. So nice. figured oh. I published there. I had a really huge growth spurt two days ago, which I was really surprised by. So I just noticed my Discord server. I started gaining quite a few more members, like the increase than I usually get. So then I went on and checked. I thought maybe I sold a couple units. Went on a Steam page and checked. I read it. And I don't know if you've seen the backside of their Steamworks. It's quite hard to read. Oh, the when statistics. You're new. Yeah, yeah the statistics. Mm. So I checked and I just saw, okay, I sold one unit today. But then I checked again because what I had checked was how many Linux units. Before this, I had sold maybe 100. Mm. Like I had broken even for the fee. Yeah. Mm. You pay Steam. And then I see I'd sold 89 units in an hour. Mm. I got really shocked. I was like, what happened? I thought maybe the, their algorithm picked it up and started promoting it a lot or something. But then I uh, kind of realized what happened. So I googled the game title. First thing that popped up was a video of a guy with around quarter million subscribers mm. <laughs> who had played it. Cool. Yeah, that really boosted the game. Mm. That was really exciting when it happened. Mm. I remember you talked about it earlier when you had people who promoted your stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. <gasps> So that was really cool. First thing, first time it's ever happened. And mm. cool. Who was the YouTuber? Angry Tom, I think it was called. Right. Mm. And well, yeah, that was yes. really, that's, like, really hyped. Yeah, that's awesome when you make that, that kind of game that is, uh, how should I say, when you watch someone else play it, you can be, I want to play that too. Because yeah. it's like the gameplay is the main thing or, or, or the grind, if you will, is right. sort of the main thing. Because I also had a, a YouTuber who who played Red Colony Three in particular, the the final chapter, the final episode with the conclusion and all that, and his title was like, "This game just overthrow through Elden Ring for Game of the Year," and it has <laughs> shit loads of views, but it translates to no sales, oh. uh, and that's um, probably my I suspect that because it's a story driven slow game that's right. maybe just as much fun or if not more fun to watch someone else play than playing yourself yeah because if it's story driven you watch someone play it mm. then you've gotten the story that is, i think that's one of the factors in that mm. which it's is uh, quite uh, unfortunate yeah it is a bummer i was yeah. thinking man if if only like 10 10 of those views could have gone out and bought, bought the game that would be yeah. awesome yeah. Right. Then I would probably keep on making the red colony games because it has like its its fan so, its fans, but yeah. it's not. I don't think I can keep making but them. Here's an idea for that, mm. maybe a solution. The problem is that when you watch someone else play, they kind of spoil the story, mm. so there's like nothing left to play. So maybe this is uh, harder to implement. But if you would do some kind of branching stores or something, different endings. Yeah, or uh, you could do like uh, Skyrim or Fallout that you have like different speech options or mm. I haven't played your game unfortunately, mm. but uh, then you would probably possibly trigger something like, uh, oh, 
what if he mm. shows that instead and they want to you know play it to find out yeah each game has two endings but then you can sort of read the comments and then someone will explain the other ending or yeah. leave a link to the other ending yeah that's one way of, of making people go out and pick it up instead of just watching someone else but my sort of main philosophy when i make games is just to make games that i want to play myself yeah, or right. used to have fun I don't really want to sit and think about how I can make yeah, more money or how yeah, yeah. can I make people buy it. But that being said, what I'm starting working on now do, does have that sort of options, dialogue cool. options, because I, I do like telling stories and not saying I'm good at it, but it's fun to tell stories, have characters talking and stuff like that. So it could maybe be a, a thing that happens in that game that cool. someone watch a YouTuber and then be like, oh, if I played, I would have done that and see if the story changed or whatever. But even those things are, you know, quite complex to make a, the, the story branch too much. Yeah. It's when you're alone. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's easy for me to just sit, sit there and say, just make it branching forever. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good idea, though. Do you have a future for the game or is it like published and therefore done or? I mean, I've been working on updates for when I published it to the web, it was much smaller. So I did work on updates for it. Right now, I don't have much of a plan for content because I feel like I've kind of run into a wall. If I add more stuff, it's going to get overly complicated. Yeah. Stuff is going to maybe break. Mm. Um, I haven't written the best like formatted code and stuff. So, <laughs> but I'm going to do a couple of things I said. How long have you worked on it for? I started around April. I worked on and off, run a month, then I released it on the web. Do you have any uh, like additional background in game development, or did you start recently, like me? Or I started around two years ago, I think. Yeah. Picked up like most people, Brackies. Right, right, yeah, very similar to me. Yeah, their YouTube tutorial. Started picking it up, and then I just sat in classes on my spare time, just coding games. It's called Haze Miner 2. Is there a first game as well? Yeah, there's a first one. But that it's much more simple than the first one. Okay. Or the second one. Is that the first one on Steam as well or on no, the web only? On the web only. How long did it take to convert it from web-based game to Steam? It wasn't that difficult because Unity has some really good built-in features from just building to web, building for a standalone. Oh. But then, obviously, integrating all of Steam's stuff in the game took a while. Oh. Setting up the page and stuff. That does take a while. I yeah. had some questions about that. And well, I, I was going to ask, was this your first game? But I, uh, Haze Miner 1 is, I guess, your first game then, if you've only done this for two years or? No, it wasn't my first one. I have around five or six on the web. Oh, uh, the first a pretty good uh, track record for a hobbyist. <laughs> yeah, uh, the first one I published around the start of the year. It's called yeah. Pixel Artist Clicker. That was just, I tried to build something really small to test the waters of, well, the player base or the website I published to. So that's a good start. I think we talked about it last week or last time. Yeah. I, I said that I set my ambitions so damn high and too many people do that. So yeah, nothing actually happens. I did happens. as well ah. the first year. Oh, really? Yeah, just spent months on one thing and mm. it didn't come to anything. Mm. So then I scoped down quite a mm. lot mm. and think that's the way to go uh, and that first thing that never came to flourish was that like uh did you use the same sort of idea in your next game or was it just uh, no completely different oh. i think i started with the same sort of stuff that you did open world crafting yes. procedurally generated <laughs> mm -hmm. just 
lots of features and yeah. took a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's. Uh, I think it's uh, quite impressive that the most difficult thing in uh, like game development that I've uh, realized is just releasing. So. Okay, yeah. g- give kudos to that just uh, to get it out there and just do it like five, six times and you probably have a good process of just uh, from start to finish. Yeah. So this was your first on Steam? Yes. Yeah. First and uh, how you, you said it was it took some time to, to make it work with Steam. So do you have right. Steam achievements in the game? Yeah, I had yeah. achievements. That was um, just two voluntary things they wanted to add. Okay. Uh, achievements and cloud saving. I just cloud added the achievements. And how did you think, like, how long did that take? Once I figured it out, it wasn't that difficult. There was always some, some bugs when mm. I was trying to do it, but I think the part that took the longest was just creating the icons mm. for <laughs> different mm. achievements. Yeah, it's crazy how much work it is just to make a Steam page. Like, yeah. you, you think it's just like uploading a, a YouTube video, but damn, it takes forever. Yeah. And there's so forever. many places you have to edit information and all do, do all that stuff. I think there was around a needle to upload 20 different images. Mm. Just different sizes, different resolutions for all the different parts of the Steam app. That took quite a while. Mm. So did you do like everything in the game uh, yourself? So all the art Pretty and music much. and... All the coding I did myself. Most of the graphics. The only thing I didn't do myself was background. Because I suck at drawing like bigger stuff in pixel art super difficult so i just used assets for that all oh, right same with all the audio i didn't do anything i used assets for the sound effects and for the music i used a pretty good software where it's like an ai that generates songs for you oh, oh cool what's yeah. it called a uh, how do you spell that e-c-r-e-t-t cool there's a free version, but once you download a song, they put like a audio watermark oh, right. in the song. Right. The paid version isn't that expensive. It's like seven bucks a month. Oh. So it's super worth it. Cool. So you can just... And you keep like uh, all the songs you generate. Yeah, yeah. If, so I'm pretty sure if you generate it like one month and you end your subscription, you can just keep using it. The songs cool. you generated. Yeah. Very cool. It's a really good software. Yeah. If you're on a budget. <laughs> are, you st- are you subscribing to that still? Yeah, I still am, even though I haven't used it that much, but might as well. Mm. Uh, I wanted to ask too, uh, so I I haven't played a game. I checked the trailer and some images, and uh, I thought about SteamWorld Dig, like digging. Mm -hmm. What kind of game is it, would you say? Like. Before you answer, can I right. like make a qualified guess as mm-hmm. to what like the intention is, and you can like correct me. Yeah. So the the like impression I, that I got it from it was like some sort of mix of uh, like Motherload and Terraria. I haven't played Motherload actually. I saw that that was mentioned. Yeah. About the game, someone was comparing it to that. I haven't seen that game, but Terraria I played hundreds of hours of. Ah. But I'd say the game is more similar to actually a game mode in uh, Minecraft. It's called Prisons. Oh, I play that. It's kind of similar where you do, you mine out in a hole, you earn money, you earn stuff to upgrade your pickaxe and mm. you just keep going. Cool. Have you played SteamWorld Dig? It's no. actually s- developed by Swedes as well. Huh. Uh, it's all, it was very big on the Switch when the f- Switch came out, but then again, everything that was released on the Switch around the time it came out just was a cash cow. Right. But yeah. I played it, and that's what I thought about. They, they were, I mean, it's digging, basically, that mm-hmm. is the, the same thing here. Right. But I, want, well, I was curious to know what sort of genre you would say your game is before I ask my main question here. I guess it could be classed in the clicker genre. Mm. So here's my question, because there's so many games coming out all the time. It's 
difficult to make something that is truly unique Mm -hmm. um, to stick out from the rest of the crowd. Right. You said you released it on your on the web browser first, and then people wanted a Steam version. So I guess there's some following and some some fans. But what would you say is makes your game unique compared to other similar games? That's a really good question. <laughs> no, I think that the fact that I built it for the web attracted an audience because mm. there's lots of games on the web where they're kind of similar. There's lots of clicker games mm. that are exactly the same. You click, you earn money, you upgrade. Mm. I think I wanted to go with that, but with a more unique sort of gameplay, which I also did on the second title that I published. One thing that I'm uh, really curious about, so you right. say that you have, um, or actually I've uh, seen it myself, you publish a couple of games to the web. Right. Um, so how does that process work? I mean, in part, there's uh, some kind of monetization with ads, uh, I think. Yeah. Tell us about uh, that. How does that work? Yeah, so when I publish to the web, obviously you can publish to pages like itch, where you just upload whatever you want, but you don't really get much of an audience that way because there's obviously thousands of games every day being uploaded. So I found this website where they get lots of players every month around the millions so you submit a game in there you write all the stuff title description stuff like that and they go through a review process so they actually check the games mm. and that obviously means that they have way fewer titles being published so you get way more eyes on your stuff when you publish it and they had a sdk for ads that you can integrate so you can play like ordered ads like oh watch an ad and you receive this and this and this so I use that. It's much easier to use than Unity's built-in SDK. You literally just imported, wrote one line. One line of code. Pretty much to play a rewarded ad and stuff. Because that code too, I'm sort of curious how that would look like. So you, the SDK, that's you. is, is that a, a, like a package you import to Unity? Yeah, you import it into your project. And then that brings some assets and some scripts in it? Yeah. And then in one of those scripts, that script is communicating with your scripts that you've written yourself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You just call their script, basically. So you call that script from your script or is it the other way around? Uh, I guess from your script. Yeah, yeah. so mm. I implement, obviously, the logic. Like, mm. Oh, when they press this button, call. Okay, or when you have if player has 10 coins and then there's right. like the command that talks to the SDK script and then uh, an ad will pop up. Yeah. Oh, cool. Pretty much. So it's super easy to use. And so I... It's quite similar to the achievements in Steam then. Like, yeah. uh, I've done that myself, but I... Yeah, that's also one line of code pretty much. Yeah. Just choose which achievement you want to set status. I barely remember how. I did it in <laughs> one game and I just copy pasted in all the other games. So yeah. I don't really remember how it works. But And I can't even believe that I managed to make it work once. It's just, I thought it was damn difficult to, yeah. to wrap my head around that. Because I haven't written those scripts myself, so it's like, you know, coding is a, a language. It's really hard to understand all of it. Yeah. yeah. Are you working on a third game or a totally different? What's next? Well, I'm working on a third kind of, I mean, I guess, series in the Haste Miner mm. saga, mm -hmm. <laughs> if you want to call it that. But I'm planning on making a much bigger one now that I now that I've seen that I don't have to just spend two weeks because that's what I was doing before. I mm. didn't want in case it flopped mm. or because of the review process, even if, if they deny it, mm. I don't want to have to have spent like months working on it. Mm. But now that I've seen that I... Well, I built up a small community of mm. players. I feel like I can actually invest time and get some sort of players. That's a, a good approach. One of my games, I spent a lot of time on it. And then right. when I went through the review process, it was just like, you have to censor this, this, oh, this, yeah. this. And I was like, <laughs> I had to go back and censor a bunch of stuff and take stuff out. And 
It was like, if you want this in the game, you have to have an 18 plus rating. And in order to get that, you need to go to, through ESRB, yada, yada. It was yeah. just, yeah, probably a good approach to make something small and more simple and then build an audience. And now you can go more all in on the third title. Yeah. Making games now as well. Yeah. Tell us what's, what's in the pipe. Well, now I'm, I'm what am I doing? <laughs> uh, I'm uh, I'm putting I'm preparing Knife Boy reboots. It's it was sent to Nintendo last week, so they're gonna play it, test it, see if it's all right. How is that process like? Oh, it's horrible. Is uh, it? Yeah. Well, it's uh, let's see. So well, I'm I'm doing it right now. So it's like well, you play your game a lot by yourself, and right. I have a small publisher in Japan, so they play it as well, and then they report all the bugs they can find, and then we uh, I fix them over and over and over again and then i mm -hmm. keep sending them builds and then they play it again and then we try to find all the bugs you can never find them all because no. they are everywhere yeah by the time we're like well we can't find anymore then we send it to nintendo and then they also test the games what they do i don't know i can assume that they have certain rules like testing the saving and loading systems and right. For example, maybe they play the game a little bit and then they pick something up and then they die and then they load the game and then they make sure that the thing you picked up is still picked up. Yeah. If that's what the creator had intended uh, and so on and so on. Or it should, you know, respawn if, if that's what the creator had intended. So then they fix, they, they play the game and then they report back to us if they find some bugs and then I have to fix them and then send back to Nintendo. Uh, sort of explain that I fixed the bug like this and if you want to make sure that the bug is not there do this right yeah uh, and then when that's all got done you you go to the next step is sort of preparing the your the eShop store which mm -hmm. would be like uh, sending screenshots make a trailer and there's a bunch of rules for the trailer with the, all the watermarks and the uh, it's a lot of work and it's yeah. really not that fun, I think. I think. Yeah, I just like to make games. Yeah, so yeah, all yeah. the things around, I don't really enjoy. So how would you like compare that to the Steam page process? Steam is way easier because you are do I can do it myself. Right. Um, yeah, I don't think they test much. For no, they, uh, they test, test a little bit, I guess. But yeah. yeah, but I feel like you, even if there are bugs in the game, you can tell them, oh, it's fine. And then they say it's fine. Right. But well, the games I release on Steam, they will come back, uh, ask me, like, how do you save, for example? Because they want to check that it works. Mm -hmm. or Yeah. But yeah, Steam is way easier because you're sort of doing everything by yourself, uploading everything, all the pictures. And they might, they will still check your Steam page just to make sure there are no nudity or too gory stuff. Because uh, when you upload the screenshots, you can also tick a box like 18 plus, 18 plus, 18 plus. And then the Steam users who are over 18, those screenshots will be available for them. Right, and people yeah. under 18, they can't see that. And the same thing with the trailer. You can't have too too gory stuff or too much nudity because these are public trailers, so everyone can yeah. see them. Right. Unless maybe you have that 18 restriction right. thing that pops up on the screen. So there is still a little bit back and forth on Steam, but on, yeah, on Nintendo it feels more strict or uh, I don't know more serious somehow yeah. which makes it exciting but at the same time quite yeah so how I think that could be because they just open it up right for the public which one the Nintendo they didn't used to allow yeah so yeah now it's 
I mean, way easier to release on Nintendo, but right. there's yeah, there's still that process. And then I think if I mean, I only release three games there, and uh, the publisher do most of that stuff. So, right. and I ask him sometimes what it's like, but so I don't really know exactly how it goes. But I think once you release the the trailer and the the Steam, I mean, the Nintendo page is ready. That's when you can sort of set the release dates and all that, yeah. or at least that's what we do. And that I think is weird though, because big companies they can sort of set a release date way ahead of time. And I'm always thinking, like, how do they know that? Because you don't really know uh, if Nintendo is going to be okay with this or that. And yeah, but yeah. as a small indie dev, I, we sort of wait until the page is fine and it's greenlit by Nintendo, and then we sort of give a release date, right. usually a month later or something like that. So the process yeah. takes about a month to get it on the store. Yeah, I would say so because I think about two weeks to get your page uh, greenlit yeah. with all the back and forth. Yeah. Uh, and I guess they have a lot of people who want their pages greenlit and you know, yeah. there's staff from Nintendo looking at it. So I so it's mostly, I would say, like not uh, a month of full time, but uh, a lot of waiting that I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But then if you weigh in the, the, the time it takes to, to prepare the screenshots and to make the trailer and yeah, it's a lot of work actually, but yeah, a little bit less than a month. And then after that, maybe a month until you release it. Yeah, <sighs> interesting. Right. Mm. But yeah, it's it's way easier on Steam. Uh, I like that because yeah. you have yeah. more control over everything. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Right. Now that you've done a couple of games, what's yeah. like your dream game to make? Like you have all the money, all yeah, the money in the world, and the best team in the world. What would you do? Honestly, I, I, I have drew a lot of inspiration from Toby Fox. If you guys know who that is, creator of no. Undertale. Ah, okay. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, yeah, really, I recognize his name. Yeah, I mm. really enjoy that game. Mm. I think the story is amazing. The music is just bomb. It's yeah. really cool. But also some sort of Terraria game. Yeah. That's been a dream for. That was the thing I was trying to make when I just started. Yeah. Mm. sort of a top-down What do you game. like about that genre? I mean, I just love the exploration part of it. There's so much to explore. I remember I'd probably have like 200 hours on the game on Steam, and that's oh. in one yeah. like in one world, yeah. just exploring. Mm. This yeah. is probably a misconception, but could you explain like... So I, I've only played uh, Minecraft, right. and in my head I'm thinking Terraria is uh, like a yeah. 2D Minecraft, but I'm assuming it's not. Right, yeah, there's a lot of comparisons. A lot of people say it's 2D Minecraft. I mean, there's there's mining, there's crafting, they're, like the core part is similar to Minecraft. I mean, there's way more gameplay in Terraria. Mm. There's so much more stuff to do. There's tons of different bosses. I think in Minecraft it's just the dragon. Right. That's like the main boss. Yeah. In Terraria there's like a whole progression arc of bosses uh, so is there a story it's not much of a story no it's just you you defeat one boss and then you unlock mm. uh, you can go on to the next and right right yeah i played terraria for a, a little bit on my vita is it on the vita it must be playstation uh, vita oh the handheld yeah the, oh probably it's like sure. on every console yeah and i uh, just like when i played my minecraft i was like i i can't play this I, i'm not gonna do anything else in my life but yeah. playing this, it's so yeah. There's addictive. so much to do, mm. and it's yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, but, but you get really hooked. As mm. you said, you... <gasps> yeah, I uh, I can't do that, <laughs> unfortunately. But how do you find time? I mean, it's so you seem to be very passionate about that kind of. I mean, you sort of made a similar-ish 
inspired game by Terraria and then like right. how, how do you find time to play or how much do you play per week are you still playing it no mm. not much mm. but I mean since I'm a student I have a lot of mm. free time mm. I don't I don't study nearly eight hours a day okay. so I have a lot of, and I mean when I was doing that I was still in high school I think this is the ah. gymnasium I had even more spare time back then Cool. So even though you played it some time ago, you you still like if you had all the money in the world, you would like to do something like that. I think so. Yeah. Mm. Top down, you said. Yeah. Like uh, Zelda six on yeah, Super Nintendo. That kind of similar, down. I guess. <sighs> but then I recently saw a game on Steam. That's pretty much what I wanted to do. So mm. <laughs> that's all the the problem. Yeah. What is it? Genius minds think alike, or something. Every time great, you think you're great minds yeah. think alike. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. One question I think I can ask the both of you, since uh, I haven't published anything as of yet. Building an audience and like a community and interacting with your fans. What is that like? What is that like process like? Do you want to start? Uh, uh, you go ahead. I, right. I, go ahead. All right. <laughs> well, I started, didn't start immediately. We're trying to build up an audience. I had had someone on Twitter and had found some bug in some game. And he asked me if I had a Discord server where he could like report it, I guess. He had some feedback he wanted to tell me, and I didn't. And then I came to the idea, maybe I should build up a community. So I did, around a couple months ago, and then I just promoted it in all the new games I published. Interacting with the players is really fun. Also, seeing negative feedback isn't always the best if it's not constructive, but, well, it's mainly positive stuff, so it's really fun. Uh, for me, it was, um, I started with a Twitter grind, like, you like me, I like you. <laughs> uh, I kept doing that, like, I just hate being online, which is which makes it so hard for me to to give a good answer for this. <laughs> oh. I just wish I could be offline for the rest of my life. <laughs> but uh, I had a friend. So, it was actually my first game, Knife Boy, which isn't really out yet, or it's on Steam and it gets the reboot in a couple of months for Nintendo Switch as well. That was um, shown on the kind of funny, you know, kind of funny. The game podcast, American kind of funny showcase. They did like a showcase when uh, E3 was cancelled. I have been sort of a part of that community for a while, so I asked, "Can right. can you guys show my game?" So they showed it, and then it was a bunch of YouTuber who did these sort of uh, react, you know, when you react to E3 stuff, and then some some YouTubers made like we react to kind of funny game showcase, and then. Oh. They saw Knife Boy and then, yeah, I gave their sort of genuine opinions right there. And then, so I stumbled across one guy, Adam from Switch Indie Fix. He's not really doing that anymore, but he saw Knife Boy and saw, thought it looked really wacky and cool. And then I just commented on the movie, I think, on that video on YouTube, like, oh, thanks for, for liking it. It means a lot, something like that. We started chatting on Twitter and then he said, like, I'm going to, I, I want to do PR and stuff. Do you want some help? So he sort of helped me a lot with the, actually he did pretty much everything. He helped so much with trying to build a community and all the Twitter stuff on Reddit. We have like a, all that stuff. So he helped so much and like sending out review codes to various people. So he sort of took care of pretty much all of that. Now he's sort of busy with his life and he's working with games too. So uh, it's back on me now to do all of it. Uh, and nothing happens <laughs> since I took charge of it again because I just I just don't have it in me. But I do think that uh, it's super fun to, like you said, when fans write to you, that's just yeah. awesome. Yeah. And because I'm quite offline and not really active, 
uh, I get emails, sort of private emails, which makes me even more happy because they have sort of taken their time to find my email. And right. then, uh, especially with Red Colony 1, it was like questions. Because of the ending, it's quite a dark ending. I got so many emails asking like, did this really happen or did I make a mistake? Like, why did this happen? So that was really cool. Like, meaning people got so invested in the story that they felt like they took their time to try to find me, reach out and ask. And then I would give them like a pretty long, proper answer and all that. But yeah, I'm not really good at that part, which is maybe one of the most important parts to be good at, I think. <laughs> Especially when you're a small indie dev. Let's talk about what you're playing, everyone. Right. Who want to start? I can start. Have you played uh, Half-Life 1 at any point? Yes. No. For those who have, there is uh, this mod that came out in 1999, I think, that's still going. Uh, mod is called Sven Co-op. Mm. It's extremely, extremely fun. It's uh, sort of a multiplayer mod for Half-Life 1. And it's only co-op, so you basically can, people create uh, maps, uh, sort of like uh, how people used to create like custom maps for Counter-Strike 1.6. Mm. They just uh, create a map that you have to complete, and it's either puzzles, or you have to shoot like monsters, or both, or just cooperate to uh, get to the end of the, the mission. That's basically the whole game. Because it's uh, made in Gold Source, the Half-Life 1 engine. For me, I only have at the moment my uh, crappy laptop that uh, barely has a graphic card. Like the frame rate and everything is great in that. Mm. <laughs> so it's uh, really, really good. So it looks like an old school game as well. Like, looks, I mean, old Half-Life. It Half -Life. looks and feels and uh, sounds exactly like a very old school game, mm. I would say. Would you say it's worth getting still? I haven't uh, tried it. I know Half-Life series is a... Well, Huge classic. Considering the price tag is zero dollars, I would say. Oh, absolutely. it's free. Yes. Oh, from Steam or where is it? Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah, uh, I really don't know uh, how those guys keep doing it for free, but. Oh, you're talking about the mod or the game? Well, the mod sort of is a game, so it oh, used to okay. be just a mod, but now it's a standalone title on right. Steam. So I recommend it very highly. Can you play it like LAN? Yes. It's imagine exactly like Counter-Strike mm. 1.6, except co-op. Cool. We're going yeah. to some friends somehow in the end of the month, and we're yeah. thinking about a game we should all play together. Yes, I recommend it. Mm. Cool. And what are you playing, Hans? I've been playing the same games pretty much since I was a kid. One of the biggest ones I've been playing is Team Fortress 2. Nice. <laughs> I've been playing it since probably 12 years old, so I've been in it for a while. I mean, I don't know if you've kept up on Twitter. I guess you haven't been on Twitter that much. No. Right, there's been, um, for the past like two, three years, there's been some horrible stuff going on there. So it's been unplayable, pretty much. Unplayable. So did they change like the game, like nerf stuff? and? No, it wasn't that the game itself was broken. It was bot infested. It was really, really bot infested. I don't know if you know anything about the games. I know how it looks like and how it plays. Yeah, and I, I think I played it. Different yeah. classes mm. and yeah. stuff. So basically, Basically what happened is people would host these bots yeah. that would always pick the uh, sniper class. Right. Use aimbot, obviously, oh. just obviously ruining the entire match. Mm. Right. The game has a vote kicking system, so yeah. you know, you try to vote kick them, they crash the server. Oh. Mm. Or they change their Steam name to copy someone in the lobby, mm. their name and their oh. pick. So people accidentally kicked the wrong person and <laughs> mm. it was just chaos. And it went on for two years, I think, roughly. Valve didn't do anything about it. But the bots, they, those are computers. Or are they people using, like, cheating? I mean, there's probably a lot of people who are actual players. Mm. But in the quality that it was, it was mainly bots. But wh who? Why? What's going on here? Why would you... No idea. So you just, like, release a bot into a game and then you go and, I don't know, watch Game of Thrones? Like, well, what's <laughs> the guess. point? I think 
I think some of the people who did it said it was they were protesting that Valve had just given up on the game. Ah. But I mean, I don't know how effective it is to protest a game by ruining it. Mm. You may have seen on Twitter, it was a big for a couple of days. It was trending, like number one, hashtag save TF2, because just everyone got together and tried to get Valve to, or get Valve's attention, because they had just completely neglected it. Mm. So was there any like uh, response? From them? There was, actually. They did tweet out from the, I think, official like TF2 Twitter account that had been inactive for a long time. People got really excited, and then they eventually fixed it a bit. Mm. So it's uh, not as bad anymore, at least. Mm. Interesting. Right. Really interesting with those uh, like old games, like um, for example RuneScape, that uh, had a like a bot problem since day one. I think it's uh, sort of a like a what do we call mouse and cat game. Mm. Yeah. Team Fortress Two, that's also a Valve game. Yeah, but you it's... haven't played Half Life. No, I haven't. I know it's super popular. It's a mm. classic, but. Uh, but you're quite young too. Maybe yeah, I'm 20. 20, yeah. So I guess uh, you're too young to to be alive when so the game born was sort of big. 2002. Yeah. So oh my god, that blows my mind. Mm. I don't know when it came out. It came out probably when I was super Nine? young. I feel like born. 1997, 1998, but I don't know, actually. <laughs> was that the first one or second one? Uh, the first one. Oh, okay. So if you are going to play like the first one for the story and like the the sort of the soul of the game, I would uh, recommend playing Black Mesa. It's a mod of the first game. Yeah, I've heard of that. But they ported it to uh, Source properly this time. Right. Well, play so that one first. Well, does that mean the graphics are old as well, or they're beautiful? It? Oh, okay, so it's yeah, mm, cool. So uh, it's like uh, they would have made it like today, mm. real stunning. Although I haven't played the ending because they released everything up to the Sen chapter, mm. then uh, they uh, worked for like another like five years before they released like the full game. Mm. But I I only played like the first half of it, mm. I think. Interesting. Uh, yeah, oh. I'm I'm gonna try to make a cool transition in to what I'm playing because you are playing an old Fort Team Fortress 2 which is made by Valve but you haven't played their sort of first type of game and right. I'm a big From Software fan and I'm playing 3D Game Dot Hero which seems to be one of their first games which I didn't know. So, so what was it called? 3D Game Dot Hero I think it is. It's right. only released on PlayStation 3 and it's only released as a physical game hmm. which is pretty cool. And I played this when it came out during the PS3 era and uh, I thought, this is cool, but I never finished it. And then I must have sold it because I can't find it. And then like two months ago, I bought it on eBay. Uh, so the price is sort of steep now because it's sort of like a collector game. Right. And then I popped that into my, my old PS3, which was quite weird to, to boot that thing for the first <laughs> time in ages. And then I see From Software. I'm like, damn, that's so cool. Like I'm such a From Software fan, but I didn't know they made this game. So it's sort of like me playing the later From Software games and now back to the first one. So that's what I'm playing now, 3D game dot hero. So it's basically, you know, uh, Zelda on uh, Super Nintendo. It's almost like making fun of that game. It's very similar in every way, except that, like, in the beginning of the game, they will say something like, uh, the people of the world thought the 2D was no longer fun, thus 3D. So <laughs> imagine, like, it's in 3D, but it's still in 2D. It's weird. It looks kind so of like wacky. I think, yeah, 2.5. It's yeah. models instead of sprites. Yeah, they're 3D models instead yeah. of sprites. So, yeah. And it's quite hard. It has that sort of from software. Uh, what do you call it? Death and reward system. 
right? So punish reward. Uh, maybe stupid question, but the same people who did uh, Dark Souls. Yeah, Dark Souls and yeah. Bloodborne and yeah. uh, Elden Ring. So, for example, in this game, when you have full health and you use your sword, it's very wide. And then you can upgrade your sword and at some point it will cover the whole screen. So when you use <laughs> yeah, it, it's just like, <laughs> zoom. Yeah. It like kills everything. Right. So, but then if, if the enemy gets you, you lose hearts like a Zelda game and then the, the sword becomes smaller and smaller and smaller and then oh. when it's very small it's quite hard to right. to uh, yeah it's just it's quite hard game but damn it's it's weird to play on PlayStation 3 and the loading <laughs> times and all that it's uh, I can't believe that used to be the standard you know so but that's yeah. what I'm playing I haven't played that much maybe three hours at this point any games that you would like to play but you haven't Elden Ring probably yeah I'm, I'm terrible at getting into new games, but Elden Ring is something I kind of want to get into. I always feel like I have like too little time to play from software games. I would like to finish one mm. at some point. I mean, I bought Demon's Souls uh, back when I had my PS3, but I never finished it because of frustration, I would mm. say. It's fun when you actually progress and take the time to do it, mm. but uh, it's so frustrating mm. to die over and over and over and not feeling like you're making progress. Uh, speaking of Demon Souls, I also bought that when it first came out. And then I, I lived in... I was in Sweden during the summer or something like that. And then I started playing it and stopped too because I was like, Jesus Christ, it's too hard. But it was something about it that made me want to play it again. So I bought it again in Japan. So now I have on my trophy list, I have two Demon Souls and both of them have like 0% trophies <laughs> because I didn't make it like anywhere in the game. So uh, so then I was like, damn, this is, like, who plays this? And then I sort of skipped all the Dark Souls games. And then when Bloodborne came out, I bought that, not knowing that it was from software. I bought that mainly because of the settings. Uh, it's my absolute favorite, this Victorian England setting. So I bought the game and then I got hooked. And then I was like, huh, from software, again. So they've been haunting me for a while. And now <laughs> I'm just so hooked on them. And yeah, Elden Ring is, I actually bought it for PS5, but I don't have a PlayStation 5. So it just sits oh. there, looks at me. That's also what my what I want to play, but not next, because in the end of the month we're going to the summer house, and then I'm planning to either buy Grandia. Did you guys play that on PlayStation One? I have not heard of it. It's a JRPG. Uh, so there's a Grandia Collection remastered. Was released on the Switch not too long ago, maybe a year ago. So I'm planning to buy that one. Cool. Right. Mm. Have you guys heard of Stray? cat game yeah i've seen that yes i think it looks beautiful hmm. yeah. so if i had the money i would uh, get a ps5 get a like a really big 4k tv and hmm. like play it in the dark mm. is it only on ps5 i don't know but i think it would like look great on yeah. ps5 <laughs> i think it's not on ps4 as well and xbox and yeah. and the rest but you want right. the latest mm. yeah because it's a higher number so mm. therefore it must be better mm. <laughs> True that. <laughs> That's actually a game I would like to play with my with my wife. Maybe she'll get into it. Yeah. Just because it's a cat. <laughs> and I heard it's quite simple-ish. It feels like more like a story-driven walking game. Yeah, I saw a couple of short videos about mm. it. You just sort of like a platformer. Mm. But I saw the cat was being chased by something. I don't know what, ah. what it was. Yes, exactly. I saw that too. Other than that, I have no idea what it is about. Mm. But I think there is more challenge than just walking. Okay. I yeah. hope. Mm. It looked really beautiful. Yeah, mm. yeah exactly. Mm. I think that's uh, like the main appeal. I have yeah. no idea if it's good, just that it looks amazing. Yeah. Should we wrap this up or how do you guys feel? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah? Felt like we, we talked a lot about your game. You got yeah. to promote it and 
Yeah, I felt like yeah, it was good. Good. Yeah. And what we're playing and all that stuff. So sweet. Yeah. Good job, everybody. Yeah, thanks everyone. And uh to the community, if anyone else there is making a game, that's how Hannes got on the show to he promoted his game on the Discord channel. Right. And then now you're sitting here talking about it. It's really fun to to hear what others uh, what what people are making. So if anyone else want to come on the show, please do so. Doesn't have to be from the Discord community. Really, anyone who makes game. Games. Yes, absolutely. <gasps> do you have anything you want to say about the game or something you feel like we didn't ask? We sort of became a bit technical at po- at times. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Cool. Uh, do you have a, like a website or somewhere you want to send people? Got a Twitter I'm trying to build up. And where can they find you on Twitter? At Saylarge. S-E-Y-L-O-J. Mm-hmm. I guess that's where I publish most of my updates. Mm. Cool. cool. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And thank you people for listening. So see you next week or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.